must be episode 123, Michael. Three songs. Three songs. We got a guest. Special guest. Three songs. Yeah. All guests are special. Three songs. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike and Eric. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike and Eric. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike and Eric. Bobby Mike, it's Bobby Mike. Three songs. Nine songs. Yeah. Times three. Maybe more. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Episode 123, Three Songs Podcast, July 9th, 2020. Mike Hogan, Bob Nastanovich, and special guest, Mr. Eric Bartlam from the heart of Mississippi. Welcome, Eric. Yeah, Jackson area. What, ta- yeah. what town again? What suburb of Jackson are you? Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi? I'm in Flowood. Right outside yeah. of Jackson. Right bumpered up on Jackson. So. Perfect. How long have you lived there? A long time? Uh, 20, 25 years been here. Um, I left for a little while, but always come back, so... There you go. I, I appreciate y'all having me on here tonight. Yeah, thank oh, you for it's great to have you. Thank you for joining, yeah. Eric. You you have been you're the first of the um, you know when Bob and I talked about doing guests, we talked about having musicians on and friends of ours on, but you in in and he said you know we have to have some some regular listeners on, and you're the first one that I thought of because you have been a fan of the show. I think basically since Bob and I first started doing this. Yeah, big well, stuff. Well, I, I'm, the, I'm happy to be the voice of the fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you've been a supporter since the, since the early days. You've said so many kind things about the podcast, and thank you for those. And hopefully you'll you'll feel the same after we, we're done with you tonight. <laughs> it's great. Listen, it's very frustrating trying to find a good music podcast. I mean, and maybe that's the same with all podcasts out there, but I mean, it's such a, it, it is really a good podcast. Well, I mean, it, uh, and I'm happy to be part of it. Our, at least our well, let approach, me ask you a question. Like, um, in your, like, how many music podcasts do you try? Cause I don't really listen to that many. Like how many music podcasts do you regularly listen to a handful? Well, regularly, this one's pretty much the only regular one I listen to. Um, there's some others that go over albums that I listen to, but I'll search for bands or I'll search for albums, search for songs. And you come up on a lot of podcasts where, it's fine, you know. I mean, it's it's it's, but it, they're just not very engaging. Um, and I think it's the way that you go through songs on this podcast, and you don't really have a certain focus for each episode. No, we wander around. The world. Uh, yeah, well, it's lively. I mean, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You never know what you're going to hear. Um, it's you know, it's, so it's uh, kind of like old college radio or uh, you know things like that where it's not pre-programmed and it's just fun it's basically yeah, a, two fr- an amateur hour two friends well, talking yeah. engineering <laughs> you've got a lot of experience uh through running record labels being in bands and things like that so it's not just totally off the cuff yeah okay it's, it's, a lot of fun. Yeah. it's, it's just friends like, talking very, and sharing music words. right you know yeah yeah like like you do with your friends so um, you're the special guest, Eric. So, so you you start us off, and and oh no, no, I got a couple of questions for Eric. Like, okay, what's your um, musical experience like? You price when did you start buying records when you were a kid? Because you mentioned like you're in your mid forties. I was a kid in the early eighties. I got a record player. Um, my, my family's always there's a lot of music in my family. My daddy's a little older. A lot of early rock and roll, 
and soul music. My mom is a baby boomer, so there was a lot of that stuff, like British Invasion stuff, but there was a lot of surf music, too. Cool. Um, but I got a record player when I was 10. Wow. And by 80, so that was 83. So by 84, the summer of 84, I was a regular at Vinyl Fever in Tallahassee. Wow. So, but I was like a mascot. You know, I was little enough that I wasn't, they didn't put me off. Because you know how record stores could be back then. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you still know. are, I think. I yeah. don't hang out, I live in Des Moines, so I don't hang out in them as much. You know, Portland, I imagine, you know. Um, yeah, I think record stores in general are probably a little bit more welcoming these days. They could be um, pretty rough back then. I mean, if you took the wrong thing to the counter. <laughs> We've talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I was little enough that they really wanted to get me involved. And That's cool. That's really cool. What was the name of the record shop in Tallahassee where you first shopped? Vinyl Fever. Vinyl Fever. Is it still going or is it gone? It's not. It, they, you know, in the early 80s, you know, everybody was getting rid of, rid of their records for CDs. Right. Good yeah, time to yeah. be buying records. Oh, it was great. And there was just a glut of records. There were records everywhere. Um, but by the, you know, by 2000, that, that had all dried up. And it just became another CD store. Uh, it was still a good place, but it, 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 you know, it just didn't have the same, you know, you go in and you smell the plastic and yeah, they, they had to adjust to the times, you know, yeah. it's, it was a major, major format switch in, in music history when we yeah. went from vinyl to CDs and, um, cause remember it was cassettes and vinyls. Yep. I and like then, that. And then, the CD was like this amazing invention that was just like, yeah. it was like compact, you know, it was a compact <laughs> disc and it was like, you know, you but then, I think we, we, remember? when did you quickly realize that like, you know, vinyl records like sounded like better to you than CDs was that as a teenager? Well, actually, the the um, you know I just kind of bought. I bought was what was available, but it was yeah. after a little older after I had listened to CDs for a while. Yeah. And I remember I had a copy of Electric Warrior by oh, yeah. that was warped, so I'd have yeah, to yeah yeah yeah. It was to, your, your own remix. Yeah, but I had to put like a quarter on the. Needle oh, yeah. and weighed it down, but the thing is that it sounded so amazing. Like it would just fill up the room. You could feel it. I thought, yeah. Hey, all these CDs. So, and then they're just these cheap plastic little cases, and I don't know, man. Well, then they're they're actually destructible, and they would yeah. fall apart, and they oh, would like yeah. sort of in a cassette kind of way, and like mm-hmm. and again, like I mean, how many? Obviously, we've destroyed a lot of vinyls in our own way through overuse or spilling things on them or leaving them out in the heat. So like, you know, there is no, uh, no indestructible material. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, your vinyls are precious. Like from my perspective, I always thought like when you, when you buy the vinyl, you, you get the entire package, you get like yeah. the artwork mm-hmm. and you get like the inserts and you get like, it's, it's like a, it's like an, you know, just like it's like the whole experience, as opposed to something that's like compartmentalized, like that's like easy mm-hmm. to tote. You know, and it's disposable, really. I mean, you don't have the gatefolds. You don't have, like you said, the inserts. Maybe you get a press release in there. Maybe there's an extra seven inch, or it's just so it's a it's a great object. If you're going to have objects, it's the only object to have. I think. <laughs> I think so. If you're a historian and like a real, I mean, like, and then of course, like this is you know. Vinyl, of course, in the last handful of years has been making like kind of a a comeback, and then we've had the terrible news this year of the of the um, 
one vinyl plant like you know burning to the ground and so now the process like is somebody who like you know puts out three or four vinyl seven inches a a year and like limited releases at broker's tip it takes longer now um it takes about five or six months for turnaround used to be 90 days so man well it's just one of those things you see you just have to like be more prepared be on it and that kind of thing and like i'm not dealing with big vinyl here i'm putting out four or five hundred seven inches so um you know it gives you more time to like prepare for the budget at broker's tip and you know that kind of thing but uh anyways um and have you played music yourself? Like, you know, like no, I've never played music. Um, I've just always been a listener. I've, yeah, that's I've, what I was meant to be. That's what I always <laughs> wanted to be. Like, because you you must have seen hundreds of live bands and road oh trips. My God, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was so much fun. Did y'all did y'all ever play the Schwimmbad Club in Heidelberg, Germany? Did you ever play in Heidelberg? Yeah, we played in Heidelberg. Well, you must have played there. Were you there? I wasn't there at that show, but that's where I went. That's where I was in the army. And oh, okay. And what years, like, what years were you in the Army? 94 to 90, to the end of 97. I saw y'all in Germany. Um, I can't remember where. The High Llamas opened up. Frankfurt? Maybe it was somewhere around Frankfurt. I, yeah. We were close. You know, we weren't that far. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I great. Was, that's great. I wish you would have said hello that night. Well, man, I, I, I would have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you enjoyed the show, anyways. But then it was a pleasure. Yeah, man, it was fantastic. Um, and uh, but we went to shows. Every, I mean, we went to two or three shows a week. I mean, I saw that is great. I saw like Killdozer one night. Almost, it was so bad. It's the only time I've ever been dizzy and nauseous. I got up under the speaker. Oh, I've been there before. Oh, yeah, who's gonna do? I saw some arcade oh, tour. Yeah. Yeah, Killdozer was loud. Well, they were awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There were a lot. I mean, yeah, we've seen and we used to go to Howlin' Wolves a lot. I know you. I know you know that place in New Orleans. Oh yeah, yeah. Been there many times. Yeah, yeah. good little venue. Yeah, good good little venue. Huh? It was so amazing, Howlin' Wolf, because like New Orleans was so not a punk rock or indie yeah, no. rock yeah. town, and like the fact that there'd be like, see, so you'd play New Orleans and like. If you got 150 in, that was a huge number. And Howlin' Wolf, I think, holds about 300. Yeah, yeah. And But, like, New Orleans, like, with all the incredible music there, like, indie rock and punk rock was way down the list. Way down. So, you, so you're playing, like, in a great music city where they don't care about your music except for the people that are really into it. And, and like, I would think that, like, every time I played there, which was four times, people would road trip. A lot of people would road trip. Who did, man? Yeah, well, I appreciate that, you know. No, no, we Anyways, were... um... Go ahead. No, I'm saying let's kick you off here. What are you going to start us with? Well, I want to stay in Mississippi to start with. Um, we're going to get yeah. pretty far oh. from Mississippi before it's over with, but I do want to start. I've got to at least represent, you know, once. And uh, somebody who's a dear of mine. You're kind of starting with the top, aren't you? Like going with the top of your <laughs> lifetime, you know. <laughs> You're not kidding around here, are you? No, no. Let's just get straight to it. Um, we got to hit. R.L. Burnside is somebody that, to me, uh, as a fan, um, he, he's very important to me. He's not just a great musician, but he's a kind of Southerner that you can't replace. Um, no. And you really hate to see that pass. Um, but he was so good. So good. He never got, I don't think, the, the you know, accolades he deserved he got a lot 
You got a lot. No, I think you know. I think you you got a lot, but I think he's one of the best players ever. And uh, of the modern era of like you know definitely like of a blues artist that like uh, made an entry into indie rock in a way mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. um, yeah he opened doors he I sort think. of became he became like kind of like our link to like you know if you weren't into like old school blues he was playing old school blues you know for the grifters and the indie rock generation mm-hmm. and like you know he. And, and of course, be, you know, being a matador artist, like it was kind of like an introduction to to like um, you know to just to, to something that we only as historians would we have known about. So, have you been to his house? Did you ever go to his house? Uh, I've never been to his house. I've been up to Holly Springs a lot, but you know, it, you know I don't know. I haven't driven out there. Um, I know it's pretty close to Junior's place. Um, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, did you ever go to Junior Kimber's place? Were y'all absolutely were y'all one there? time? Yeah, did you go? <laughs> I've never, I never got to go. No, I went once. Yeah, <laughs> I will. We'll tell the story after the song. What you got? It's going to be a tough choice for you to pick just one. Yeah, R.L. Burnside song, Legendary well, Bluesman, who passed sadly in two thousand five. But keep in mind, when he passed in two thousand five, he was seventy eight years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and the thing about him is that he he did play, like he was known. Uh, some of the American Studies type people came down and got him to play the acoustic guitar, and they recorded those things. But what he loved to do, evidently, um, he said as much, was these house parties where they would play electric. Uh, this is oh, kind yeah. of what Fat Possum was getting at it when they started. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted people yeah. to hear what was actually going on. They go to these festivals, and people would expect them to play the acoustic guitar and expect him to play Delta blues. And he's still listed as Delta blues, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Hill country and in the hill country, I mean, they play a very rhythmic party blues. Um, and I just, I think it's, uh, it's my favorite, uh, of all that you'll get junior Kimbrough, Oath Turner. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we played him on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you can hear that drum and fife tradition in the kind of blues that they play in the hill country. It's very so rhythmic. Um, it's just infectious, really. Let's, let's play. You want you want to play? Leave me and my woman alone. Leave me and my woman alone. Recorded in his house with his sons and his son-in-law. Uh-huh. With it, and just no no public in that night. Well, it was probably a party. I imagine there was people there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's play it. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little more after. Here you go, R.L. Burnside. <laughs> Leave me my woman alone 
So, it's hard to believe that ended. Hard I know. To that ended. I love any song or album or recording where you can tell it's just a party while it's being done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a sucker for that. I mean, I think of stuff like um, Marvin Gaye got to give it up, where you can just hear mm-hmm. people like chattering and you know talking and playing, laughing while the, the song's being recorded, and like you can tell during that. People were having a good time. I already know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, uh, Eric, you mentioned that you've been to you've been to Chulahoma to Junior Kimbrose, right? Well, I haven't been. I've never went to the Jip Joint, but I, uh, it had burned down, I think, before I even got back from the uh, to Mississippi. But I know of it and know the kind of things that went on there. But you've been I there. Went. How did I yeah, say? I went. <laughs> yeah, I went with um, Scott Taylor. Um, from the Grifters and his girlfriend and, and Stephen and I were making um, Wowie Zowie and um, we had a night off and they came and picked us up and and we climbed in the back of uh, Scott's sedan and he took us out there and it was uh, from Memphis what is it like an hour and 15 minute yeah. drive yeah it's probably even quicker now they got an interstate but yeah it's probably about an hour and 15 it was back roads and um, it only took us 45 minutes to get there and Stephen and I were it was a bit harrowing. Um, we were in we were in the back seat of the sedan, and they were just kind of laughing and and driving really fast. And like, um, you know, we were sober on the way out there. And I kind of quickly realized within like a half an hour that um, Scott very easily could have been under the influence of psychedelic drugs. And Scott Taylor from the Grifters, and um, he was kind of taking us on a joyride. Um, and we got there and, and 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 went in the house and I think it cost five dollars to get in. There was about I'd say about a hundred people in. And um, you pay five dollars to get in. I, I quickly realized there was a German film crew involved that was documenting the event. Oh wow. And um, which was a bit odd because you know, you it's the kind of thing where you don't expect to see like, you know, cameras or cleat lights or anything like that but like that that was going on and um so we kind of wanted to separate ourselves from that bit um for obvious reasons like we just you know when you go to to an event like that you're a bit um apprehensive um you know just because like you're you know just an outsider and and you're just you've obviously 
just like venture down from Memphis or wherever to to enjoy an evening. And um, I quickly got in, and I they were selling beer, and I went back. They were selling sixteen ounce of Bush Lights um, <laughs> out of a cooler, out of a cooler. And um, I've had a few Bush Lights in my life, and uh, and I, I quickly noticed uh, when I grabbed my first two. Uh, one for me and one for Malthus, that they had somehow perfected the bush light and that it had like a quarter inch of like slushy frozen ice yeah. on top of like ice cold bush light below. And there was like, uh, there was the band was playing and there was no sign of Junior Kimbrough. And so the band was just playing. They were playing instrumentals and it was kind of one of those, you know, just kind of freelance things and it was. They had like the band had like a room, and I remember there was like wooden things like kind of in front of it to kind of separate the crowd. But and, but the crowd had a major area, but there's also a pool table. So when the band wasn't playing, or even when the band was playing, I, I quickly engaged myself in playing pool um, with Steven against uh, some of the you know regular goers oh, at the gigs oh, there. Oh, it was oh, a Friday oh. night, and um, and we're playing for five dollars a game. And uh, which is a fair price, you know. And I'm, I'm just happy to be on the table. I think I won my way onto the table, and I'm a decent, decent stick, as they say, you know. And <laughs> but I and I play, you know, a fair amount of pool games. But it was one of those pool games. Do you play pool? Oh no, just recreational. I, mean, I love to go to the pool hall, but I'm not. Yeah. But you, I imagine you're pretty useful at pool. But like, ah. but like so we're playing. Uh, these these two gentlemen and we we didn't know the rules. Every every pool table has a different set of rules, and but you had to bank the eight in, okay, mm. and um, and you had to bank the eight in. And I never played pool that way. You know, keep in mind yeah. like at the time I was in my mid twenties, I never played pool that way. I played you know straight eight or you know eight ball pool. Yeah. Like when you get to the the eight ball, you knock it in, but you had to Not bank in. it in. Yeah. And, uh, but whatever, at, at some point during the evening, after losing 25 bucks playing pool, <laughs> after being ahead like, you know, throughout the course of most games, um, uh, Junior Kimbrough appears in the doorway of his house. And it's probably about midnight, 1230, you know, that kind of thing. We'd been there for three or four hours and, he, and he's got a huge glass of moonshine yeah. and a huge glass jar a mason jar of moonshine and everybody gets all excited because he's turned up and uh but there wasn't too much fanfare so he stood in the doorway and he watched for a minute and a half stood in the doorway of in, in chulahoma and uh he had a big slug of of uh, the moonshine then he fell flat on his face <laughs> and and he was a big man <coughs> big dude he was a big dude, and you know, and I would say he must have weighed at least two seventy, you know, two eighty. Big dude. I don't. That, I mean, I could be wrong there. No, but he, he was, was a big dude. Nice. Yeah, and he was a bit he kind of embarrassed that he fell over, so he got up and he went and played like just an amazing, harrowing like mm. thirty to forty minute set. And then Scott somehow like after just kind of like Scott was quite a host and. Uh, he was just laughing so hard at everything and having such a great time, and he drove us back up to Memphis. And I and I remember uh, looking at Malcolm and being like, "What kind of fantastic night did we just have?" 
you know, we've just been, we've, we're in Memphis making wow. We say, oh, we've been driven out to like the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, in the Holly Springs area, you know, Chulahoma. And we've just seen like something magical, but I'll never forget like holding, holding a pool cue and looking over at Junior Kimbrough and, and, and seeing him fall flat forward, you know. And then seeing two, two or three young men help him up and him kind of laugh them off and brush himself up and then, and then get down and be himself, you know. He sat, he sat through most of the set, but yeah. he, he, he played a solid set, you know. That's fantastic, man, because that's, that's really the kind of, um, those are the kind of experiences that I don't think people know happen in places like Mississippi. I mean, we used to go to the Subway Lounge. Um, uh, there's a documentary. It's like the last of the Mississippi Jooks, and it's all about the subway. And you know, you pay five dollars, you bring your own booze, or you can go next door and get Budweisers for five bucks and a hot dog. Um, yeah, and people just play until the sun comes up. All these different yeah, people oh, yeah. coming from town. You know, you, like eight, like fifteen year olds and fifteen yeah. year olds, and they, they they like introduce somebody, and a fourteen year old gets up and plays drums, and you get like. Yep. You know, a seven-year-old lady, and she plays a couple songs. I mean, it was just you know, just a full-on party. All of a sudden, it's and then the drummers passed out. You know, the ambulances. It just, I mean, those kind of things. And I, I, those places are still around, but they're not as many as they used to be. I mean, even Louisville, like where I spent fourteen years in Britt Walford, uh, the great drummer played. You know, for Slant and, mm-hmm. and Breeders, and um, he would he would take me to these places in, in Louisville. And and he knew everybody, and he would play. Britt would play. They'd bring Britt up to play, and Britt would play with him, and he was so dynamic. Britt's just a fantastic drummer. But, like, you know, we would go to neighborhoods in Louisville, and I'd probably, you know, just a handful of times. And, and you'd end up having just uh, tremendous experience. And I'm a terrible dancer, but, like, hey. I, probably dance my, I probably dance my best in those houses, you know. Right on. That's the place to do it, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You gotta have a good partner. That's right. Yeah, you know, right. she, she, she'll she'll lead the way. You know. That's right. <laughs> so, um, how, how but many, anyways, yeah. How many times? RL and like you could play. We could basically do the whole rest of the podcast with RL. Right, we could. Mike's gonna take. Over. How many? How many times you see RL? Me? Yeah. I believe it or not, and this is one of the great uh, aggravations for me. I never saw him. Oh there, man, was crazy. There uh, was a time when he played. Around the corner, mm. I think at New Stage Theater, and for some reason we were out of town. It was always that mm. way. I mean, I yeah, one of those artists you just missed. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah I shame. hated it. But That's a shame. Yeah. Well, he he left a lot of recorded legacy. So, oh, yeah, he did leave a lot least, of recorded legacy. And like, you know, that. thanks to everybody that ever he was associated with it, put out so much, so much of his music, yeah. and I'm I'm happy that his music is um, celebrated as like kind of like a it's kind of he's kind of a late you know kind of a one of the most you know late to the game of like recently celebrated blues artists yeah. you know like yeah and, sure. you know, the, and that song's a, a is a great rhythmic song it's great part, but I mean there you just go through his catalog and he can play I mean good lord he can play so no. mm-hmm. oh some of those shout out to Sherman Wilmot you know Sherman Wilmot mm-hmm. from the Grifters. Or the from yeah, the no Shangri La Records. Shangri La, you, know, you right. know Sherman, right. yeah, you know Sherman, right? You yeah. ever met Sherman? I've I've met Sherman. Yeah, Sherman's one of my best friends. I always stayed in his house in Memphis. I stayed he, fifty nights in his house, and like 
he's one of my favorite people in, in my music experience and I love him. And, um, without Sherman, like, uh, just the, just the, I mean, he, he opened up an amazing museum in Memphis and, um, well, we'll talk about it. We'll put it on the, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, I don't have the info in front of me right now, but like, you know, Sherman, it wasn't for Sherman. I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have opened up that world to me and Scott Taylor that particular night. And like, uh, Scott's a great guy. And, uh, that's just fantastic to have spent all the, those days out there in, in Mississippi in your state. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm I'm glad that that uh, that it went that way. Um, Silver Dew's recorded in this area too, right? Well, we practiced. We practiced in Oxford um, when David was living there, and then we always took it up to Easley. Easley, yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, we spent. We took. I've taken a few. I took a road trip when I was 18 years old. My friends Jay Tober and Rich Walker. Um, between our first and second years of, of college, I'm down there and just drove around. I've been to Clarksdale, of course, yeah. and like, yeah. and you know, driven around, you know, that part of the world. In fact, I went there a few few years ago on Thanksgiving. And I was amazed how things, you know, um, it what how do you say it? Itabena, Itabena, yeah, Itabena, yeah, you were in Itabena, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My yeah. sister in law lives down there, like you know, like. Uh, I've never had a bad day in Mississippi. Oh, man, <laughs> very few for me. Wow. Yeah, awesome. and it's a it's a much maligned state like these days. You know, it's interesting what's been going on there politically, and um, hopefully, it's a step forward. Well, I mean, people, you know, people are not like it, it, people are a lot more laid back um, than some of the stories that come out. Like we we've had many demonstrations all over the state, and. You know, as far as I know, everything's been pretty cool. Everybody's just kind of, people are just kind of laid back and, you know, uh, there's, of course, bad things have happened. I mean, there's, there's no denying that. But well, I mean, it's part of the history. I mean, I'm yeah. from Virginia, Maine, the, the Maine I'm yeah. from Virginia. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, same, Richmond I'm from, you know, really. But, man, and, people, like, man, people don't, you know, people just try to get along, man. Well, it's, and it's, it's a pleasure to do so. That's right. it's, not, it's really not that hard. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No. I mean, yeah, but that, I love the place. I mean, we, cheap man. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm know all how. I'm to seeing you down there. I'll see you down there. You come on down. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. I don't know how to follow R.L. Burnside. Um. So I don't. I don't. I, I think maybe what I'll do is. It is a tough. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. He set us. He set us a real he, challenge. He did. He did. He did. Starting off with RL. Starting I, off with I, RL. So come on. Strong. I think. I think I'll go. I'll we go. We saved with, RL and Chrome for Eric. We right. saved RL Chrome. And Chrome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 he's gonna take us to San Francisco Eric, twice. So he's you know he's gonna get us right out of Mississippi. Yeah, Eric, I, I had to start here. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've set the tone. That's true. Um, yeah. I I think I think I'm gonna have to play the Brothers Johnson. There uh, you go. And you know I kind of mentioned them on the last show when we played Shuggy Otis, and of course yeah. Brothers Johnson covered Shuggy's Strawberry Letter Twenty Three, made that a number one hit. But Brothers Johnson were pretty awesome themselves. Um, and I'm going to play something from their first LP. Amazing hair. Let's Amazing see. hair. In you know, LA, LA funk hair at a incredible... <coughs> yeah. Truly Brothers. Um, Lewis played bass. And 
Um, George, Lightning Licks. And then man. George played lead guitar. <laughs> yeah, Light, Lightning what Licks. What a nickname, Lightning Licks. And then, and then and Lewis was Thunder Thumbs. On their first album, which is, which is um, looking out for number one, there's a song called Thunder Thumbs and Lightning Licks. Um, I'm going to play something from that record. Uh, I'm going to play... See, I, so I, I kind of... like Maybe I'll play one and then I'll snip it another because their version of Come Together... He's gonna double bubble on nah, us now. I don't know. If I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. You know what? I'm prepared for that. I'm not I'm gonna play for. the whole. I'm, I'm not gonna play the whole. Come together, but their version of Come Together, they do. They do the impossible. I'll I'll talk about that after we play. They do the impossible. I love that. They do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. I'm glad I'm here for that. They do. Yeah, they do. we're looking forward to the impossible, aren't we? They uh, <laughs> they do something. I mean, like they do a version of Come Together. The Beatles. As much as I love them, as great as they were, the one thing I would say about the Beatles is their music is not sexy. They no. make they well, make, no, that's a debatable subject. They make the Beatles set sound sexy, and all right, well, that's a that's a huge well, that's an amazing, yeah, I've yeah. Got yeah. So so I'll start with "Get the Funk Out My Face," and then I'll play their version of "Come Together." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, here you go, Brothers Johnson, 1976.
So, so yeah, so they started, they were session guys, and they played with, like, uh, Billy Preston, Bobby Womack, and uh, Quincy Jones. He produced that record. Um, just a really, really good, good band. Um, and that record, oh, man. that record in particular is really, is, is just great from start to finish. There's a song called Land of Ladies that's all, like, smooth and mellow, and, you know, it's like... You know, would you like to go to the land of ladies? You know, it's just uh, classic. <laughs> oh, they, classic they backed mid- up the Bobby Womack and the Supremes too. Yeah, classic mid seventies. Uh, L.A. Funk, LA soul, funk. L.A. Yeah. So here, I'll I'll play you a little bit. I won't play the whole thing, but I'll play you a little bit of their version of "Come Together." And it does, like I said, it makes the Beatles the sexy version. Sound sexy. He's gonna make he's gonna make come together sexy, which yeah, has always man. been a sexy song. Yeah, but like they're gonna sex it up. They're sexing it up. Here you go. Wow. Come on now. <laughs> sex rated this show's been X rated. <laughs> Steelman on harmonica there. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, oh, fantastic. Could have heard more of that. That's much, much better than uh, the Beatles version of You Can't Catch Me. That's all awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair, enough. yeah fair enough. I mean, you know. That's a Chuck Berry song anyway. <laughs> you know, the, 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 Anyways. The, the, Beatles, the Beatles were fine and all, but like. Any yeah, adjectives I would use for them, sexy is probably not the one that would come to mind. Uh, well, you know, but I don't know about that. I think a lot of people found the Beatles sexy. I guess. I, I guess. I and guess. Perhaps not the three of us, but I imagine that, like, you know, I mean, like this guy, the people, heart I throbs. My wife, you like, know, Whitney found John Lennon sexy. Like in a in a in a I want to hold your hand sort of way, but not in a. Uh, not in a like that. That could be like a striptease kind of song. I mean, you can't imagine anyone doing a striptease to a Beatles song, right? But like, Brothers Johnson kind of make you imagine it. Yeah, I could see it. On that note, I'm going to pivot. I mean, <laughs> like, I, mean, like, I don't know where you're going there. Like, uh, <laughs> the sexiness of the Beatles versus the Brothers Johnsons, like, and, it, and a a question I I never imagined ever been asked. But I'm going to take you to um, I'm going to take you to Washington State. I'm going to take you to Sludge, the oh. genre, genre of Sludge. Yeah, yeah. I know where you're going. Um, it's not grunge, like uh, no. part of grunge, and like you know, absolute legends, um, King Bozo, Buzz Osborne, wow. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Lucan, you know, was an original member. Matt Lucan from Mud Honey. Mm-hmm. The history is amazing. Um, obviously, one of the best album titles that I ever encountered in the mid '80s was uh, an album on Alchemy, which I bought called gluey porch treatments and <laughs> and uh 
Melvin's just like to me, yeah. like kind of were they're kind of from outer space. Like I don't and like and you know Buzz's appearance was always just kind of remarkable. Like to me, it always looked like kind of like a demented Robert Smith, like uh, <laughs> like a demented like heavy yeah, <laughs> like like to me like I don't I don't know like um, how many people have made comparisons between the Cure and Melvin's. You might be um, the but I always just thought they were like kind of like the Pacific Northwest, like cure in a way. And, um, you know, of course, Dale, the drummer, who has basically been in the band, incredibly prolific band. But Dale Crover, like, you play these shows. And I, I saw them six times and they were incredibly loud. We talked about music to a damn short ears lab. Um, <laughs> Dale Crover would play like in a Speedo. <laughs> and he would he had like stringy blonde hair and just an incredibly incredible hard rock drummer and like a band that's been through so many lineup changes and like where do you go with the Melvins or where do you get you know where do you go with them like they started in Montesanto in Washington State they, CZ a great label sure an incredible label that you know celebrated the music of Washington State um, this album uh, the Gluey Portraits treatments was of course on Alchemy. And then they went to Boner Records, and then they moved to San Francisco. And somehow, on their 15th album, and this is like an incredibly prolific band, I'm going to play one off their 15th album, um, which is called A Senile Animal, A being in parentheses. And this is a bit of a long song. It's very heavy. And this is when they hooked up with a, a band from, from that area, from, from the Bay Area, called Big Business. They were double drumming then with uh, Cody Willis on drums and and uh, a guy named Jared Warren playing the bass. And this is a song called The History of, of Bad Men um, by, by Melvins. 2006, 2006.
heavy. They're a band. I would I would use the phrase musical behemoth. Dan, do you ever see them? I never I never saw them. Well, the closest I ever came to seeing them, I think I've told this story before, was at a show in San Francisco when um, they were recording that record. I forget the name of it, but it's the one that um, Kurt Cobain produced. And they were um, at a show. Uh, the Tree People were playing, and they were at the bar. And I remember, Great band. Yeah, I remember um, King Buzzo was talking to Courtney, and they were being all animated. And Kurt was sitting at the bar just kind of quietly not talking to anyone, just drinking, being, being Kurt, being Kurt, you know, and that's when I I actually went up to Kurt and introduced myself and said, hi. And, you know, uh, actually asked if he wanted to do that. How did that go? It went really well. He was very sweet. I asked if he wanted to do a song for the Minutemen tribute because I was in the process of putting that together at the time. He probably Um, did, but he didn't do it. He did, and he gave me um, the manager's number to contact, and I did. Oh, Jesus. Now we go with the manager's. Right. But then, you know, then, of course, you know, there were all these other things that happened. You know, they went on tour. He had that issue in Italy where he collapsed or whatever, and, you know, I mean, shit happened. Like I met him, I met him like a month after that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a story for a different podcast. But like, um, we're talking about Melvins, so like, um, they of course like um, ended up on uh, Atlantic in the mid nineties. They were on, they were on, they made good albums for Atlantic. Yeah, um, they were one of the bands in a similar fashion to Pavement that were like, okay, like let's make alternative rock a big thing melvin's you know what a, what a what a history i mean they're still going so many different members yeah. including i uh, keep in mind like uh matt lucan was replaced by shirley temple's daughter uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Lori lalax black you know like uh and like you know this their history is amazing and they're still going like i knew them like uh, i only met uh Knew him personally on Lollapalooza in '95 because he was friends with uh, Dave Yao. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Jesus lives. Oh yeah, one of my favorite yeah. rock stars of all time, David Yao. He's like, and uh, just a monster. And like, and like, um, I was on the Lollapalooza tour in '95, and oh, like, yeah. the greatest times I spent on that tour were in the Jesus Lizard dressing room. They like, and I've talked about on the show, like the ultimate 1 a.m. band playing at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> and, and David ah. got arrested in Cincinnati. And like, but like uh, three or four times throughout the course of the tour, like uh, Buzz would be there and he would just be like in the dressing room and stuff and like intimidating character um, in, in, in a good way. And like, I, you know, as a fan of his, like, you know, since since I was in college, um, is I was just like, I, I kind of knew I rubbed him wrong, you know? Ah, no way. I'm sure I did, you know, because like, you know, um, I don't think I deserve the tax that he's recently given Dave Grohl, but like, uh, <laughs> which was very interesting to me, because like, they're so associated with Nirvana, and like, so I was there like, um, their era on Atlantic, on Atlantic mm. records 
and um, which is even though they put out great albums on Atlantic, they were like um, they're riding the coattail. All of us were. We were riding the coattails of Nirvana's success, including Sonic Youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, sure. yeah, that's true. And like so, there was all just like this kind of weird like post Nirvana, like this Nirvana explosion. And uh, we're not going to get into Chris Novoselic and his recent history, but like, or any of them, but like, um, it was just kind of an interesting thing. Um, But but I love melons, and I love the fact that oh oh, yeah, and uh, it's a hard pick. We could have done a whole show about melons, sure. But they just like what they did. What they were really is they started in the early '80s, and they were just like a band that like was obsessed with cream and Jimi Hendrix and then and they black kind of flag like, yeah. and the flag. Of course, yeah, that's you know. right. Yeah. And then they just kind of slowed. Do you ever see them? Do you ever see them? No, 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 no. I never saw the Melvins. There's a lot of bands. I never saw as many bands as I saw. There's a ton of them on shot scene. So yeah. But at the same time, it was, it was, it was quite odd because I saw them, um, six times. And the first time I saw them was at this, uh, place in Cincinnati the Southgate house where pavement played as well, but they, it was a big place. It was where like a famous gun was invented. I can't remember it off the, off the top of my head. Um, like one of the first machine guns. Yeah. And it was amazing. Cause like the sound system was really poor and it was a huge space. So it was like Melvin's at like half volume and they were like the headlining band. And that was the first time I saw them. So, but since I saw them like in their proper heaviness, like, they basically just slowed everything down to, and got incredibly heavy. Yeah, heavy. And there—that is I mean, exactly got, the word I'd use to describe. It. Yeah, super. I heavy. mean, sludge is sludge, and yeah. like um, amazing musicians. Like uh, the list of musicians. I mean, even Jeff Pincus from Buttle Servers played a lot of their music, and they've been—they've just been a part of everything. They're on amphetamine, reptile, and you know. After Atlantic, like, you know, they got Indy and went back. They just had, like, an amazing kind of, like, warped, like, just, like, the weirdest, like, Wikipedia page you could ever read about a band that started in, like, 83 that's, like, plays heavy rock music. Um, what? This, that started in Washington State, Montesanto, I think is the name of the town. They named themselves after, like, a prick <laughs> and, and who managed a grocery store. <laughs> and... <laughs> And they th- and Melvin's is a great name for a band. Yeah. And um, but it's just like um, I'm just like we're not doing them justice on the show tonight by playing just the one six yeah. minute song we play. But like they are like hard rock. Um, and yeah, they were, they were sludge, and like they are, they still exist. You know, like you need to think about to- like. Oh, sorry. You just think about like grunge. And that sound, how annoying, well, it wasn't, well, anyway, how a little bit tedious it got. But then you hear, like, the Melvins or Mudhoney, and you, you know, you realize this is like an extension. Let's, this is like the true legacy of, like, you know, my war or the process of weeding out. Like, yeah, all that like, stuff yeah. that, yeah, that Black Flag did after Damaged. And you hear, like, the, like those Melvins records are just so, like, they're heavy and nasty and... Oh, I love it, man. I, oh, I, I can't it. believe you haven't seen them. You'd have loved them. So oh, I will, yeah. It's one of those. I mean, I've got Mike, a Mike, have you seen them? Have you seen them, Mike? I, I never have. Never have. Wicked and dark. Yeah. And like, 
Ah, you know, it's so good. So good. Um, and it's a good reminder that that's all that stuff that happened in the early 90s did come from a great place. I mean, late 80s, late 80s. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so much good. So much good music in the 80s. Um, it just gets lost. Or, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't get lost. Maybe they people get know, lost, so. and they have their, they've got a huge following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, Eric, what do you? So what, you're up next. What do you got next, next, Eric? Yeah. Let's let's do the hospitals, man. Okay. Yeah, come on. Go yeah, on. let's do the hospitals. And this song in particular, I I love this song. This song is is if someone described a, a hardcore song to somebody who'd never heard one, it's just flipped inside out. All the pieces are in the wrong spot, and it accentuates it accentuates all the elements that make those songs so great. I love rich people. Sam Play Brown. It, well, and and yeah. this song, like, yeah, it's it's just super loud too. Like it just oh. like you can hear it jumping through your speakers. The hospital. There's, so we're talking like uh, early this this millennium, early two thousands. Yeah. Yep, yeah, early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, let's play it. We'll we'll talk because I, I got I got yeah. some stories related. So here you go, hospitals. Fantastic, fantastic. From what two thousand three? Is that right? I, I think that two thousand three, two thousand five, yeah. somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Okay, here you go. Rich people. You're stuck just like this glue in your Feels like ice cream. It feels like shit now. Something I should tell you. I Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think I saw them once <laughs> around the time of that record. Um, they played with, I think it was a house party, and and that that album was on what in the red? Is that right? That's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the red, in the red, in the red. In the red. They played a house party with the Hunches, who were also an In the Red label and a Portland band. Um, and just like crazy insane between the two of them. And I want to play the Hunches. I'm going to, I'm going to, we'll talk hospitals first, but I'll play the Hunches just to kind of uh, give you a sense of what it was like. But like live, they were just like a complete train wreck, but in the best possible way. That's well, your that's best band. That's great music. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see them live? No, not me. No, I've never seen them. That. Yeah. Uh, you have. You have. So tell us what it's like. I, I have. And, and the the drummer sang uh, is a guy named Adam, and he's Adam Adam Stonehouse. Yeah. He, he's Stonehouse, conne- He's yeah. connected with that band Sick Alps. Do you know them? Yeah, yeah, great band, great yeah. band. Yeah. Um, and uh, but, but like they had two drummers, didn't they? It's been a two drummer kind of night. I guess I don't. I don't remember them having two drummers. They may have a live. They probably didn't. And you know, I what think, were you doing there? What were you doing there? Well, it was the early two thousands, and you know, I just I had friends. I had friends that, that you're were, in Portland. You're in Portland. in Portland. I had friends that were friends with the Hunches. I would see the Hunches play all the time. Like so many times, I can't. I, I can't imagine, or even rem, like name how many times I've seen the Hunches play. Probably thirty or forty times. That's even. Oh, that's a lot. That's like me and honor roll. Like eighty for me. Yeah, oh. and it would. It would just be like, oh, you know, the Hunches are playing this friends band or friends basement. You know, okay. So you go to see the Hunches. Yeah. You go to see the Hunches. Yeah, it'd be and, a great night. Yeah, it's like me and honor roll. Right, and so um, you know the hospitals were in town and they played. And it might have been a duo. I don't even remember, but it was just you know like crazy yeah. wild rock and roll. Was it Dwyer? Dwyer that played the guitar at that point. I think it was just the two of them. It might have just been then. the two. Yeah. Um, but absolute uh, chaos, wasn't it? Fun, fun, fun shit. Um, so yeah, how did you how did you stumble upon the the hospitals? Well, this was probably um, you know I'd say around two thousand two early two thousands. I kind of checked out. Okay, so this would have been a later discovery for me, even though it was you know I could have been buying those records and maybe even see them. But at that point, I just you know I just kind of so they didn't come to your parts. They didn't come to your parts or my parts or my parts. Yeah, and it was probably listening to maybe the Dead Sea or the unfortunately titled Harry Pussy or yeah. maybe Truman's Waters or whatever. Sure. Yeah, Truman's Waters was great. But I saw them. Yeah. Like, I, I never saw Harry Pussy live. What were they like live? Just like... Uh, I don't... I, I'm just... This is me listening to stuff on like yeah. iTunes and you get right. recommendations. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I don't... Did they yeah. even play out? Oh, yeah, they did. They did. Sure. Yeah, they did. I'm talking about the Harry. I'm talking about Harry Puss. Yeah. Did they play? Yeah, they did. I think they did. They did. Florida, Florida, you know, and it was, uh, it was uh, a Bill Orcutt, you know, I mean, he's, who's gone on to, he's still recording stuff and he does like solo. I I, I think they're great. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it's not as bad as the scrotum poles. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, but anyway, they would have come up with like Pink and Brown, which is another band that I just learned to love. Um, hospitals, maybe Coach Whip, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I really, 
that I just was floored. Yeah. And I thought, well, I could have been buying those records, you know. I just kind of, like I said, I kind of checked out. Yeah. You, know, you get in your early 30s, and it's like, I'm going to be hanging around. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. so, but anyway. Yeah, I went the same way in the early 2000s because I, mean, I was work, working hard in the horse racing industry at the time. I was a jockey agent, like, and I'd been in pavement and. Yeah. I was, you know, still in Silver Jews, and, like, I met you when I was, like, a tour managing uh, the Jick, so yep. it is weird, like, um, yeah, so, like, you know, Mike, like, so Mike was active, so. so yeah, he yeah, was in the story. Mike, he was there, let's Mike, hear it. I, yeah. I, I was, yeah, he but, was but, like, I felt like the old guy, I was in my early 30s and hanging out with, like, the people, and I, I felt like the, <laughs> the, the, the nerdy guy that didn't fit in with. Like welcome to my life. Kids. Every time I go to yeah. the show. So uh, I'll play the I'll play the hunches. This is from their debut record um, from 2002 on In the Red called Yes No Shut It. Um, like and and on album, it like you kind of get a hint of what it was like live, but it was just this. It was always on the verge of completely falling apart, but it was. That's the best. Yeah, man. it still held itself together. And the guitarist, Chris Gunn, so the, the bassist, Sarah Epstein, like, she she was kind of, she and, and the drummer, Ben Spencer, they were the glue. Uh, the singer... Gotta have glue, gotta have glue. Yeah, the singer, Hart... That would have been me and Gary in payment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Gary>. Hart, <laughs> Hart was the singer. He was He was, like, a complete wild man. And then the guitarist, this guy Chris Gunn, who is who's pretty young, and I think he's gone on to do do some other stuff. He's in a band called Lavender Flu now. Um, but uh, he was amaz- an amazing guitarist, and I'm not sure it really comes across on record. But he was incredibly talented, and they just had this kind of like noise rock, pussy galore sort of feel to them. But this energy that they had live was was almost impossible to harness on record. So it, it, just keep that in mind when you hear this. This is just a hint of what it was like to see them. Um, and this it's was, the hunches, like on in the red, like the uh, L.A. noise the, label. Exactly. The hunches, yeah. this is called Same New Thing from their debut 2002. On, uh, you guys are killing me. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Will ever 
So that maybe gives you a glimpse of what it was like yeah, to see man. them live. I love that. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. I mean, you know, and I don't know how many times I saw them, like, close enough where I could reach out and touch any of the players. Like, you just in someone's basement, you know. Back in the day. When you back in your day, music. you know my near days aren't over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it feels like they are. Yeah. This is your first time talking to me. You just get started. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you and Eric I love need to take a road trip, Mike. Oh, hell yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Three of us need to get in the car. <laughs> oh, that'd be all right. Yeah. When's honor roll playing? We'll, go, we'll, we'll drive to see honor roll. <laughs> Don't come down to the Delta. I'll take you on a tour of the Delta. All right. There you go. You bet you, and you've never been there, Mike, have you? I haven't. I have not. Closest yeah, I've yeah, been is down there. Right. So, so many of your favorite arts. These 100 of your favorite arts come, come for, from where Eric comes from. Yeah, well, closest I've been is um, New Orleans. But, uh, not New Orleans, man. You can't. Yeah, that's great. You can't. You, have you been, never been to New Orleans, Mike? I have. No, I have. That's the closest oh, yeah, I've yeah. been to, to, to Mississippi. To Mississippi, yeah. Well, you were, you're pretty we'll close. You there. Yeah. 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 Pretty close, yeah. Uh, Avoid Alabama on the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we made our peace with Alabama, man. Remember we did that? Look, way ba- man, I, we played some good Alabama music, way, like uh, way back when. You told the Sun Raw story. <laughs> well, there is like, um, there is you know Fred Lane. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so, Sun Raw. So like you know, yeah. There has been Fred Lane, but I'm gonna pivot. Pivot. I'm gonna pivot again because it's my turn, right? Yeah, it's your turn. It's all you. Where are you going? You're you're, you're taking us far away. You're taking us different. Taking us to 2020. Different continent. Same same era, different continent, right? Well, not really, because like you know, it's a a woman in the Maine who's been raised in Toronto. Okay, but she comes from from uh, Barranquilla, Colombia. Whoa! And it's like a modern artist, like um, 2020 album. You guys tell me what you think. I'm going to pivot. Okay. Uh, Miss Columbia, and this song is called No Poo Day, which means I couldn't. <laughs> and as translate for you, lads. And, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, Lido Pimiento is like a, a, a kind of a, I think she's like, I wish she was out there playing, but she can't do. Right. And um, she's an elaborate performer, and she's like a proper artist. And this is her song called No No Poo Day off of her uh, album Miss Columbia. Got 
Lita Pimienta. Yeah. Lita Pimienta. She has a beautiful voice. She does. Oh, so what's her story? How, how long has she been around? That You said that's a new record, but... Well, she's been around since 2010. Like, okay. uh, she's a she's a Colombian-Canadian artist. Colombian-Canadian. Like, this is oh. supposed to be her year. Sure. That's been a bit of a so, theme lately, right? Bands that this should be their year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is like, you know, this is supposed to be her year right. to get out there. Uh, play around the world mm-hmm. and present her music and her life, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a similar fashion to Angelica Garcia. Right. Um, and like, um, you know, representing her own home country of Colombia where she was born and like, um, and then raised in Canada mm-hmm. and all salutes for them to them for hitting the coronavirus properly. Mm hmm. Because they, you know, in a European fashion, they've reduced the curve there, yeah. and um, so um, she's just like a brilliant artist, isn't she? Like, uh, yeah, and I like love this that. is this is her time. I would imagine and, that uh, would be great live too. Yeah, she's like mid thirties, and like she's like a fantastic performer. And I've only watched the videos on on the YouTube and listened to her music, but like. Uh, I'd love to see that, wouldn't I? Sure. You know, like, uh, and she's been like, she's achieved a lot in her career. Like, she won like a prize in Canada. I think it's a big prize called the Polaris Music Prize, which is like a fifty thousand dollar grant, whatever that means, which is a good number and everything. But like, sure. I think she's yeah. But like, she's like a celebration of Colombian music in her own way. It's like a modern artist and. Um, fantastic you know like the talents there and like um you know she's all about like um as she should be about like presenting herself as an anti-racist like you know woman's rights artist and with music and art and and costumes and everything so it's like i think she's like a very formidable artist that like you know we should all see yeah I love the backing to that, like yeah. the beat, the way it's kind of, it's not ragged, but it's it's not exactly formal either. I mean, if you hear it, there's lots of parts to it. and it, it's A very cool. original that, artist, very cool. original yeah. artist. Like, she's doing her own thing, and, like, her experience is unique. So, like, it's great to be a musician, like, I imagine if you're as talented as she is, like, in your mid-30s, like, doing something great. And, like, so I always think about the lost years. Um mm. Keep in mind, like in my musical experience, like yeah, pavement was pavement and silver juice. They weren't on hold in the nineties, but like Angelica Garcia and like Lucy Arnell, Lido Lido Pimienta, and Anna Gebhardt, like you know, the best years of their lives, and a number of other artists. Like this is supposed to be their year. It's sure. a year taken away from them, sure. and uh, you know, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully, like. 2021 or 2022 will be their years, but I care more about the kids than I do about the yeah. old school performers, mm-hmm. like um, like myself. To be honest, like um, when I look at, look at this year for myself, like I was supposed to play two shows yeah. for Prima, Primavera Sound, and um, hopefully they'll go off next year. But like to me, it's more about like the people that like were supposed to make their careers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Let's just let's hope that because everybody was on hold, it'll really be kind of just a reset. I hope so. You know, I hope people don't lose anything because of a lost year. Well, who knows? I mean, like you know, the lost year in live music is the lost year in live music. Yeah. We never experienced that, and it comes it comes across the board. Like um, sports is one thing. Like you, Eric, mm-hmm. you and oh, I are yeah. both sports fans. Mike, you're a sports fan mm-hmm. to an extent. Sure. And horse racing is like. It's like something that me and Mike have in common, but like mm-hmm. it's one of the only things that actually exists this year. Yeah, yeah that's true. Very few things. Yeah, true. Um, like we we actually do exist in the horse racing industry, but like the music industry and like yeah, the sports industries in general and the main just culture in general, like it's an entertainment shutdown. Yeah, press pause. So like yeah, at the at the start of the year, like. In January, February this year, it was supposed to be like Lido Pimienta's year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So like, and like, um, hopefully she'll get her, get her time. And I think that her art is formidable enough. And like, I love that song and I love her album, um, Miss Columbia. And like, I'll play another 2020 from, from good friends of mine when I get back to my my next turn. But like, um, it is interesting how how it's just like a lost year for music. Yeah, because uh, live music is like a, a different thing. Oh yeah, I don't care whether you go see like a band like in your neighborhood with like twenty people there, or go see a concert with like twenty five thousand people there, or whatever. Um, these are things that are, and live music might never be the same. And if it wasn't for live music, the three of us wouldn't be talking to each other. Oh no, we, we, yeah. we would not have never mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. anything we, like Mike talked you know, about the wonderful bands that he just played, Hunches, and and told stories about that, and Honor Roll, and, you know, you know R.L. Burnside, and, like, you know, people that, like, we could have seen, like, kind of unrestrained. So I worry about live music. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We'll get there. Not only from my own, from my own right. perspective, but just in, in the main. Like, we'll uh, get there at some point, I think. I'm I feel confident. like I, I feel like I've done enough, but like you know, I don't, I'm always happy to go up there. But I care more about the ones that are supposed to be clearly the people on my own label, and um, it's like supposed to be their time, isn't it? Yeah, know? it is, and they'll they'll have it. I hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe maybe in a year, maybe in two, but at some point we'll have it again. You know? Yeah, for sure. Let's hope so. I, I'm talking about like. If you wandered out to an event in Portland tonight, there'd normally be like a hundred people in. Right. So you could see some magic. Or if you like drove into Jackson and saw like a band that you love, like yep. even just like friends of yours, it'd be like seventy five people in. Like that's not happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's rough. So right. Yeah, it's weird. So I don't I don't I don't I don't want to have a dark stage, but we don't want a dark stage. No. We want uh, we want We'll get there. Yeah. I'm confident. Let's uh, hope so. Where are you going next, Eric? Well, I've only got well, I've only got one band left, man. Yeah. It's That's right. Oh, you go the same, you're gonna go back to San Fran. That's right. Yeah, we are. Oh, you, you got you got two. You had two because so so. Here is a little backstory for those listening. So from from the start, I mentioned Eric was has been a fan of the the podcast, and he and I connected and. I think for a while you've been wanting us to play some Chrome. I have, I have indeed. And Chrome yeah. is a band that I know. 
I have. Not personally. Not personally. Not personally. That's true. <laughs> like Damon and Helios Creed, like they're hard to get to. The that's Lord. that's true. I, I've never met either. <laughs> and it's of them. especially hard to get to Damon. Yeah. Um, but I do. He left us in '95, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. yeah God I, bless him. Yeah. I do own Half Machine Lip Moves. Um, what and, a great album. And, and uh, you know, they're a band that I'm familiar with, but they're a band that I'm. I guess I should just say, like, I, I've never felt like I could play them on the show because I feel like they're a band that I need to be more knowledgeable about in order to talk about. So part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, not just because I know you like good music and you'd be interesting conversation, but because you have wanted to talk about chrome you've wanted us to play chrome and i was like you need to come on you need to represent chrome <laughs> well i hope i can do that justice i mean oh no you'll be fine you'll be yeah, yeah you'll be, well they're uh you know low pressure they, I, when did you first listen to chrome well it would have been in the early 90s okay. it would have they were not a yeah. band that, that sure. people were talking about in the record shop yeah um this was a, a later discovery for me and good, I guess good. I had been so trained by certain, like by listening to certain bands that when it, it's one of those bands that clicks immediately. You wonder why you haven't heard them before and why there aren't more of them. Yeah. Um, like, like, what do you think? Like Alien soundtracks? Like, did you first discover that? Or I had Alien soundtracks first, and I actually I'd listened to that. I found. Actually, I had some Creed solo stuff first. Yeah, no, you, yeah, well, yeah, that would, he's fantastic. Yeah, it was Planet X. Uh, yeah, Don't kill myself or whatever. I mean, that song. I just, I was like, and then I think it was when Damon Edge died, and it might have been some interviews with y'all where they'd come up, and I uh, finally got my hands on a copy of Alien soundtrack, and I was just blown away, man. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's like, uh, it's like analog industrial music or uh, like organic industrial music yeah. it really pounds there's real rhythm and then creed with that guitar man he just, oh, man he's amazing a, he's a maniac so i mean in um, the, he's still going they're they're yeah they're a band that was so far ahead of their time yet in many ways is completely forgotten you know they I are mean, it's it's too bad like i i, I don't know I, I don't know how those things work i don't know how it happens um, but you would think that with industrial music through the 90s, uh, that they would be, you know, that people would talk about them at least like they talk about Cabaret Voltaire, you know. Oh, my um, God, yeah, good point, good sure. point. Sure, but, um, And there's, you know, maybe like Tuxedo Moon or The Residence even, but they don't have the griminess. They don't have no. the sort of seedy, like just down and dirty rock and roll element yeah. to it that makes chrome to me just they're one of my very very favorites they're they're one of the obsessive sort of bands for me yeah um and half machine lips move man that i think what a great album title yeah (laughs) come on alien soundtracks and half Half machine lip moves are such fantastic and helios creed i'll tell you about my story like real quick before you play your song ladies like live with a guy named rob chamberlain and he was just like, and obviously, like, I don't think that they're real names. So it was, we do, we go back on the show all the time about like, <laughs> like, uh, 
Like these aren't these are punk rock names. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. But what Damon Edge and Helios Creed? <laughs> oh. I mean, like you know, it describes their music. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So play play your tune. What are you gonna play? Uh, Abstract Nympho is the first one I want to play for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, play two. You gotta play. You gotta play two. Here you go. Abstract Nympho. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. 
Headland. <laughs> you know what I think of them? I think of them as like the Stooges meet suicide. This is well, fair the, enough, but like they were way darker. Well, yeah, I think Thomas, Thomas sure. Wissey, yeah, Damon Edge, sure, yeah, and but I think you're onto something because I think they are the true. They are the they are the true legacy of the Stooges. Yeah, like I I love those Iggy Pop records where David Bowie was, you know, had he was a guinea pig trying stuff out, but Chrome really gets it, and right in that, you know, it. There's a lyric in that. It's like, I want you to be my dog. Like, baby, I want you to be my dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah they definitely yeah. are. A, yeah. They took that and ran with it, right? What's that now? They took that and ran with it. Oh, yeah. And I think they ran with it in a, in a way that just is beyond anything that was being done. And, I, 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 and it, like Bob said, to a dark place mm-hmm. to oh they're in mm-hmm. san francisco maybe yeah. it's creed i think that's his real name isn't it <laughs> it might be <laughs> all right uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hey 67 years old you you like you a, get you get one more you get one more yeah like, absolutely. at least yeah. one more yeah oh sake. well i think this is great like cover dude you, you're cover you're the guest you get a double bubble Ooh, yeah man all right, I think the one that I gave you was something rhythmic, and that's off the uh, the, the Lost Tapes. I mean, yeah. this is an album that didn't even get put out. You think <laughs> right. about Alien soundtracks, right. like read-only memory. Right. Have Great name for a horse, too, Alien soundtracks. I should <laughs> oh. name a horse Alien soundtrack. Would it yeah. fit? <laughs> is it 18? Yeah, it might. It might write up. 18 characters is the limit, so it's it's right up there. Alien yeah, soundtracks fits in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. I mean, but, and you're right, Eric. Like, like they had stuff that they didn't even release that came out later that was just as good yeah. as any of the stuff that they released at the time. Oh man, I mean, and this this shows that they can hit a groove too. I mean, they weren't just it wasn't just tape noises and and cut ups and and like these little mini sweets or whatever. Um, they can hit a groove and stay in it and hold it. No, they definitely can. Yeah, well, Long Beach, man, Long Beach. Yeah. All right, something Let's something rhythmic. Chrome.
Kind of hear, can even sort of hear some of what the Melvins are doing in there. Yeah, a huge influence on the generation. Yeah, that came behind them, like as a late seventies band, like in a band that was only ever was appreciated in Europe. Um, yeah, they sold a lot of records in England, didn't they? Yeah, England and Europe, like uh, yeah. the UK and England, like. Uh, so, like, uh, in a similar fashion to, like, a lot of bands, like, um, they never found their audience in this this country. Yeah. This is crazy. Right. I mean, that song is not, there's nothing, I mean, it's a little seedy. If you, you, know, you listen well, to it. Well, of course, it's a little, it's a little seedy. A little. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's also a little seedy. It's, I mean, it's but there was also, like, like, a, like, a greater appreciation of punk rock over there. It's very approachable. Yeah. I mean, like... What makes that any more uh, obtuse than the Mel- or than the Misfits, 
for instance. Oh, and, and of course they're doing something. Well, I don't want to speak ill of the Misfits. I like them, but yeah. they're doing. They're really doing something. And um, San Francisco. Well, here, like Meet Me on the Subway. I mean, that's a, that should have been like a. You, you could play that in any club. People yeah. would go berserk. Yeah. No, they would um, do. Yeah. And, if they, if, know, well, if they were cognizant of what was going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is that. It, yeah. Well, that's true. Otherwise, <laughs> like most most audience members would think like this is like, you know, unlistenable noise. Here's you know? here's where as a an engineer or producer of the podcast, I should have realized what I should have done, Eric, is had you bookend <clears throat> the show with Starting with Chrome and ending with no, we're gonna Chrome. book in the show. We're gonna book in the show. No, it's them. it's fine, but like like Chrome could have been a theme throughout this whole show because like ultimately, it's so connected to what all of us, all three of us, and many of the listeners are interested in, and at the same time, like it is music that is sadly not appreciated for whatever reason. I mean, I look at I look at Spotify. Not to say Spotify is the end all be all of of you know popular culture and taste, but Chrome has had less than eight thousand listeners in the last month. You know, well, what are these stats? I don't like these stats. We're going to change that. We're yeah, I mean, like, like, We're like seriously, yeah, exactly. like Way people yeah. people We're don't listen to Chrome. Eight thousand two hundred after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, just just your <laughs> family, your right? Uh, but we haven't even scratched. I mean, those songs are great, but I mean, there are so many you could have picked from. You know, the Jaw, Animal. I mean, they're just you yeah. could go on and on. Well, you made great choices, Eric. I think you made good choices. Yeah, Thank yeah. You, sir. Thank so, I guess that's my way of saying like Chrome could have been a running theme throughout this show, but we've we've already rambled I mean, on I mean, a lot. I think the Chrome. Effect. In fact, has been well appreciated on the show. Yeah, we've already, we've, we've rambled. It's your, it's your pivot. We've rambled enough. <laughs> I'll pivot. I'll I'll bring a little female energy. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a relatively current band. Um, this is a band that started I think about eight years ago or so. This is a record that came out in 2014. Actually, it was a self-released um, cassette, uh, and the band. At the time, was called Sports, which is a pretty horrible band name. Um, and for whatever reason, I think because I know problems with the band name. Well, you know, it's just boring, I guess. But like, they had to rename themselves because there were a bunch of other bands named Sports. They're oh now God. called <laughs> Sports. They're now called Remember Sports. They should have um, called themselves Sports Figures. Yeah, sports or something Junior. like that. Um, sports Junior. Yeah, so um, this is from an album called Sun Chokes that came out as a self-release cassette in 2014. It was reissued last year, um, finally on CD and on LP, uh, on the on the label Father Daughter Records. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'll play a song from it. Um, it's called I Liked You Best. I'm curious what you think. I mean, this is kind of like a straight-up indie rock band sort of i i kind of like to think of them as if super chunk were, we're fr- fronted speaking by, with like two indie rock enthusiasts here well right you are for sure one in mississippi and one in iowa for sure so like we, for sure we are um, if nothing else we're indie rock enthusiasts they're from they're from pennsylvania and, and and i i sort of think of them as pennsylvania. like yeah if if uh super chunk were fronted by a woman um well 
So well, they were, you know. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Absolutely, uh, you know. Yeah, I liked you best. They still by, are. They still are by you know. by sports or remember sports or whatever you want to call them from their Sun Chokes record. Here you go. Just a fun band. Another nice band. Of, uh, indie, indie rock power pop. For sure. It would be fun to see live. I would imagine. Who was that? Who was that? Sports. Remember sports. Remember sports. Remember hey, nothing sports. nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> yeah, sports is gone. Lots of so, remember sports. Sports is gone. Remember sports. Uh, lots of short songs. I mean, that one was like over three minutes, but most of them are under two. You know. Where are they from? 
Pennsylvania, somewhere like Philly, maybe? Pennsylvania, Indy Rock. Yeah, uh, Philly. They're a Philly band. Power, yeah, Philly Rock. Power Pop, I'll, Indie Rock. Yeah, I'll I, like you your, I like your voice. Yeah. yeah I like the way it's in there, yeah. She just gets after it. That's all right, I like that. Yeah. We'll take it to Nashville. Nashville. Uh, and I, uh, I'll actually do the circular nature of this program. We started on Fat Possum, didn't we? We did, we, Eric. Yeah. Are yeah. we ending on Fat Possum? So Fat Boss, Fat Possum, great record label. Yeah. And like, I don't know how these guys do it, but they put out releases like every ten days. Mm. Do you know these people, Eric? Do you know the Fat uh, Possum people? No, I don't. I don't know them. Um, I follow. I follow them, of course, and what they do. And of course, it's changed over the years. I mean, there, there's no more really. There's there's nothing left of mine. You know, everybody's gone, and so they've switched right. over to you know these great bands. And then what? But but uh, Rob Long the Third was on there, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, from Do Rag and uh, Do Rag. So what a great band! We didn't play them on the show. We'll have to get oh, you back to play some Do Rag. I saw Do Rag years ago. Oh, I, I saw, saw Do Rag. <laughs> I saw a moment for Tortoise, man. And Tortoise might as well have gotten in the van and gone home. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like, seriously, how do you follow Durag? Do-rag. You don't. No. You leave. No. <laughs> you fake a sickness. Yeah. You get a doctor. Yeah. Forgotten band. Yeah. Forgotten band. Yeah. Forgotten I mean, band. and talk about an amazing band live. Like, oh. Like man, oh, man. I, ca- I, I saw them three or four times. Any any band any band that actively chose them as an opening band yeah, is just a were, glutton for sick. punishment because they were such an amazing live show. That, like, Dude, how do you follow that? I saw them at the Cross Door Bonhof right outside of Heidelberg, and it was yeah, just, there you it, go. Yeah, it was just off the ground, right, like three feet off the ground, and you know he's he's singing in that crazy microphone. He, that dude's banging the movie reels and a cardboard box and all that. <laughs> and they get done and just stand up and walk into the crowd. Yeah. Like they just, yeah. Like, yeah. And then, I mean, forget it, man. And, and, yeah. And, 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 and the problem with playing a band like Durag on a show like this is there's nothing in recorded do-rag legacy yeah i mean it's fine and all but like it doesn't even come close to yeah representing what it was like you know what i mean like it's but still i mean it's worth playing but oh yeah yeah anyway i'm sorry we we way off track way off track bob you're going back you're going you're going to the country westerns yeah country westerns yeah from from nashville good friends of mine nice Brian Kotzer, one of my best friends in music. Okay. Drummer, drummer for Tim Chad and Cherry. Uh, drummer for Silver Jews. Yeah. Right on. And um, Sabrina Rush, uh, violinist for Fat Possum. Or, I'm sorry, for State Champion. Okay. He learned how to play the bass easily because he's a brilliant musician. And Joey Plunkett. He was in a band called the uh, the Waits from Brooklyn, and uh, new artist. This is supposed to be their year, 2020, self-titled album. Came out a few weeks ago, and this is a uh, great song off the album. And uh, let's play the country westerns. 
song, song called the guest checks. Yeah, or guest checks. Guest check, guest check, guest check. Yeah. Westerns on Fat Possum. That's another band I would imagine is amazing live, right? Oh, I bet. I mean, that's what I'd want to hear if I went into a bar. Um, Sure. But of course, I'm perpetually disappointed when I go into a bar because (laughs) it doesn't sound like that. (laughs) Yeah, no. Right. um, Right. Concert, like, concerts, like, uh, Richie, like, the the only time I ever saw them, they opened for uh, Savo, Savo Motel. It was a fantastic night. There was like twenty five people in Nashville, like a Wednesday, oh, and wow. like it was. It exciting Richie, he played uh, bass for Keisha, and like I love the guy, and like, and uh, he's 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 doing all right and everything. And um, 
But Sabrina Rush, like, on the base, like, amazing. And Joey Plunkett and Brian Kotzer. Brian Kotzer's, like, uh, one of my favorite musicians. Uh, he was in uh, Tim Chad and Cherry, like, uh, uh, just, a, just a, a good friend of mine who have tour managed in Silver Jews. And, like, yeah, it's a pleasure to be associated with him. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, I'm happy that uh, oh, this is supposed to be their year. Sure. Uh, right. Yeah. Their first album came out. Like, uh, they even mentioned, like, including me as a tour manager, which is always a risky gig. <laughs> <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Uh. And, uh, but I love the band. I love their albums. Like, Country Westerns on Fat Possum Records is like, uh, one of the best new records of 2002, like, like Lido Pimienta, you know, like, uh, I'm interested in, like, uh, what the kids are doing, and these aren't kids, like, they're, like, they're a few years younger than you, Eric, you know. Yeah. They've got to have a few years on them to be playing like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they're playing, like, you know, they're playing, like, you know, they're they're presenting the brilliance of Green on Red. And yeah, the Dream, yeah, yeah. The, the Dream Syndicate, mm-hmm. like, uh, Duo Jets. Uh, yeah, just like yeah, flat to your chest. Like just like you know, great rock bands. Like when you go to see, go into a club and you want to see a great rock band. So that's a great rock band. So that's supposed to be yep. their year. Yeah, I don't care where they're in Louisville, Nashville, New York City, Des Moines, wherever you want to go. Well, um, they're gonna get out there. It's gonna happen, man. You, I, I hope so. I, I hope that live music happens again. It will. It's going to. You've got your pulse. Yeah. You've got your finger on the pulse, there, Bob. Well, oh, I'm not really. You're like, bringing my the finger on stuff. the pulse. Well, <laughs> I mean, more than more than Eric and me. I mean, I'm playing. Yeah, stuff. I'm not. I, I couldn't tell you what was going on right now. So. I can't really listen to records right now. I have mm-hmm. a hard time listening to records right now because I like to see music live. Well, I remember you saying that you used to only buy records by bands you could see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. all I've ever thought about. Like, like I don't like really like to assess a band. Like the best band I, I've seen in the last couple of years is M. D. Mokhtar. and of course I Loris White and Sabrina in the in country westerns tour managed I Loris White, mm. and um, it's like you know I like to see live music and like I'm worried about live music. Yeah, well, I it think, will return. I think we will get there. I think we will. We get will. There. I hope so, like, you know, in our country or wherever the hell we go, but, like, uh, yeah, I just like to, like, stumble down to, but, like, in my town, like, I, there's, like, 6, 10, 15 shows a year. This is, like, your your town, Jackson, and, like, yeah. Mike lives in Portland. Mike, yeah. Mike like, easy can miss yeah, it 100. 100. Yeah. yeah, and the, everything comes through Portland. Right. Portland's, like, New York City, right. you know, like. Right. Well, you know, we're between Memphis and New Orleans, so we get skipped all the time. I mean, we've got to ride one way or the other, usually. Yeah. Bands. Yeah, we've always had to ride. Either Baton Rouge or New Orleans or Memphis. Maybe Birmingham, even. So. Yeah, I've been to Birmingham. Yeah, I've been to Baton Rouge, too. Played yeah. by music there, you know. I don't know how we held our own, but, like, we held, oh, held please, our own. Please, man. Y'all were, I'm going to tell you. I saw y'all at 90, like very near the end, and that show was awesome. You Which know, one? It, it was at Howling Wolf. It was in October of 90. Yeah. And yeah. y'all, man, y'all burned it up. It was, it really, it was good. And I know you like to, I know you're, you know, I know you're a humble fella, but y'all were pretty good, Bob. 
Thanks. Yeah, pretty good's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, don't sell yourself short. Y'all were really good. Yeah. <laughs> nice to mouth us, you know. Well. And hey, Johnny West on the drums. It know. took the whole it took the whole crew, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, we had a great crew, so. so yeah, y'all were that was uh yeah, I don't I'm, know. Happy, I'm, I'm happy you made made your road, road trip worthwhile. Oh, <laughs> hey, no doubt. It was worthwhile just to see people yell at US Maple. Like they wanted to fight him in the parking lot that night. It was so funny. I thought you said U.S. Maple was pretty fucking good. Yeah, they were great, but people were not. They they, they had not come for that. <laughs> yeah, they no. didn't come for that. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I thought they were awesome. Yeah, payments trick on the crowd. Yeah, uh, it was it was like Masakra. You know, yeah, people, yeah, it was going to be a riot. So it was so fun. <laughs> it was a great night. It was so fun. And Dirty Three played that night oh god the dirty three yes best live yes. band in history yeah they, they were, were good they were they, they were they were very I've, good i've seen them they were not as good as y'all though yeah. i'm just gonna tell you <laughs> well that's so. very kind but there's no way to ever top <laughs> the dirty three and it's like <laughs> if you play over the dirty three it's like walking on hot coals the, the other theme with eric it's so funny because every time <laughs> we do a show bob and you talk about how you get blown off the stage by some other band yeah, blow up play. Stage. Get a blow up stage. you know no. eric eric, eric reaches out to me and he's like why does bob keep putting down my favorite band <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, blow me off the stage <laughs> no way dude you forget it yeah, yeah. all right well i'm gonna I'm 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 you know what i'm gonna do I'm, I'm calling an audible here i'm gonna bring us home i'm gonna end it with the brothers johnson's the full version i i i just did a yeah, tiny no snippet. No I'm gonna do a full version of their version to come together. Well, it's yeah, one a.m. Man, you got to bring the sexy yeah. at this point. Here you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Thank, Eric. thank yeah. you, gentlemen. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for support of the podcast. Thanks for support of the podcast. And like, oh, yeah, look good. at look after your son Blake. And like, and don't ever discourage him from playing live music. Never. I never would. I yeah, get really after him. Like, he, he'll be fine. He'll just get yeah. him to. He's got. He's on it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate. Yeah, it makes him a cacophony down there yeah. in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he will. Him and his cousin. These two are hooked up. So. L- love you both, gentlemen. Love, you love too. y'all, y'all, everyone listening. Thank you. Thanks so for having much. me. Thank really? you, thank, yeah, you, thank you for for coming on. Absolute ah, pleasure. Great, great, absolute fun. pleasure. Uh, yeah. Hope we'll do it again soon, and we'll, 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 I hope we'll, so. We'll give the brothers Johnson the final word. Thank you, thank yeah. you, gentlemen. That's All, right. Well, All right, good night. Thank you. Good night.
night, Bob. Yeah, love you, mate. Love you too, man.